0: You are listening to the Wealth Talk Podcast, hosted by Richard Adocassi from Create Wealth Network. The Wealth Talk Podcast is expanding on the principles that are within the Matbook, the Mind Assistance Program, particularly the Focus 11, which are 11 aspects that we focus on in life to create wealth. These aspects include mental, spiritual, physical, relationships, financial, yourself, contribution, new business learn discipline. We will feature guests that specialize in these aspects to expand your awareness and consciousness on creating wealth. Thank you and enjoy the show. Welcome to Wealth Talk. We're here with a very special guest today. And as you know, in Wealth Talk, we like to go over the aspects of the MacBook in the Focus 11. We have 11 aspects to focus on wealth and you know one of those main aspects is mental and we actually have an expert in that field we have Simone Welsh you know she's actually an author and she's an entrepreneur and she's very involved in her community to bring the awareness of mental health and Simone thank you for thank coming you for to Wealth well talk. talk
1: thank you for having me um I don't know if I'd call myself like an expert expert, but I'm an advocate. I'm very passionate about mental health, and I bring awareness by sharing my story in the community and letting others know that they too can get through um, a mental illness diagnosis. So, okay, so let's, let's get
0: into that, and, yeah. and sharing your story is very important, you know, and we want to get into your story, so if we could go all the way back, oh you know, where <laughs> were you born, what was life like growing up? If you could God. share that with us. That's
1: how far we're going back. Yeah, that's how we have
0: to. We have to know the journey, you know, to see how we got to where we are where now. Where we are right?
1: now. Uh, well, I was born in Jamaica. Mm-hmm. Um, I migrated to Canada, in, I guess, 1990. Uh, my parents brought me and my brother here. Okay. Um, so, we were very young. So, okay. I grew up here in Canada. At what age? I would say I was nine
0: okay. when okay. I came. Okay, So, yeah. Uh, so, in Jamaica, with, the, with, that, with that nine years, like, what was it like in Jamaica? Like, um, you know, because I know I've been to Jamaica, went for a honeymoon, I loved it, you know, first off, but, you know, it's, it's, it's very um, people-oriented, right? Um, so, if you could explain, like, even just as a kid... You know, just coming up. What was it like before you got here? We're going to get to here, here. but I want to know, like, what was it like in Jamaica before you came to Canada?
1: Uh, As a child, growing up in Jamaica, it's very different than what it is now. Um, Mm -hmm. Very strict. Mm -hmm. You know, you had to wake up, go to school, do your chores, do your homework. Um, The aspects, the lifestyle was very, very different Mm -hmm. um, growing up. So you saw your family in town, depending on the celebration, the holidays. Mm -hmm. Um, you had time to play with your friends stuff like that but only when you did your chores and your schoolwork so I found it very strict uh, growing up in okay. Jamaica but there were still some fun sides of it as uh, well
0: okay okay yeah. nice yeah. so you're in Jamaica and then what happened like why why did you guys decide to come to, to Canada come to Canada
1: uh, Well my parents were already here okay uh, so they sent for me and my brother they're mm-hmm. like, know time for you guys to come and join us they are came you younger to or older i'm the oldest okay. and then my other brother that follows me is the middle child okay um, there's three of us okay and so they sent for us they came here to make a way for us and to create a better life mm-hmm. so they were prepared they established that so they sent for us we came to canada on a plane first time on a plane then we got here and um we came in winter, so just coming to Canada in winter was very different. We'd never experienced snow, never experienced that. So we were like, oh my gosh, what is this? Mm-hmm, <laughs> so that was our first... Were you bundled up? To... Or, or... Yeah, they oh, brought up oh. at the airport first. My dad came, gave us jackets, oh, so we nice. put it on, we're like, what is happening? But when we saw <laughs> the snow outside, we ran outside and they were running after us like, no, 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 that's not how it works. <laughs> <laughs> we got used to the weather after that. But, okay, because I yeah. know
0: as kids, you know, with the snow, with the snow we play <laughs> in it and our that exactly. so was that yeah. that was your first instinct That was our first
1: to just play in the snow oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nice,
0: yeah. nice, nice. And then uh from there you guys you guys had like a, a place set set up like your like yes. because the transition, mm-hmm. you know, like when you guys came to Canada, how was it like did you accustomed to it right away or what did it take some time to adapt
1: yeah it took some time to adapt um, especially with our language we were still speaking broken language as they call it mm. and my parents were like you gotta lose that fast you oh, know okay. because you're in a new country mm-hmm. so if adults would speak to us we were still speaking the broken language the broken language broken mm. english and they were like listen you gotta change that. So it took us a while, but once we started going to school and um, being around other children, mm-hmm. we started to adapt to the English. Yeah. And um, that was able to to help us, you know, to speak to adults, to speak to other children. Mm-hmm. So.
0: And when you came, was there a, was there a culture shock, like in terms of, um, because obviously you're here is uh, diverse, yeah. and in, in like, did you have that culture shock? Do you remember any moments where it's like where it settled mm-hmm. in that like, okay, I'm in a different country. country
1: it was the weather that okay, did for us okay. because it changed we yeah. thought it was always going to be cold oh. but then it got warmer spring and then summer and then my parents were like it's going to change all the time and we're like okay so that was a little different for us we're, we left from a hot island yeah, <laughs> to yeah. like a country that changes from winter spring summer fall and we were like so that was the shock for us going through those different seasons all mm-hmm. the time. So.
0: Okay, okay. Yeah. And when you're talking about your parents kind of um, are preparing you, yeah. right? So I guess, you know, that was their plan. So yes. they wanted to come here, settle here, yes. and then bring you so that, you know, it, it, they, not all of you have to go through that learning yeah. curve, like it was exactly. kind of like you guys, right? So yeah. what your parents, when they came here before, before you guys um, actually arrived, like, Um, did they tell you, okay, we're going to go to Canada and then you guys are coming or like, how did it happen?
1: Um, we were very young. I'm trying to think they, I believe they said that the plan is we're going to go to Canada and eventually, you know, you guys will join us. Mm -hmm. It just felt like such a long gap Mm -hmm. when they were away. Mm. Um, so we were like they ain't coming back for us (laughs) you know we're like we're gonna stay here that's it but um, so who was raising you at that time um my aunt um in jamaica was raising us and um they took care of us or sometimes they'd rotate maybe we'll go to my dad's um sisters my mom's sisters so different family would rotate and take care of us. nice Nice,
0: yeah. nice. And, you know, I know, um, because this is very, very similar in a lot of cultures, you know, because they were here, I, I take it they were supporting you guys from here while you guys were right, there, right? they were
1: there, yeah. They would send items for us, as mm. they call it, the barrel, okay. we'll come home. Okay, <laughs> so nice. So Christmas time, you get a barrel, you go through it, they would send us clothes, they would send us food. They they took good care of nice. us while they were here, so, yeah. Nice, good nice. Good.
0: So Christmas is a big, a uh, big, yeah. Like
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: nice, nice. So yeah. now you're in Canada, mm-hmm. right? And uh, you said it was you and your brother, yes. or two brothers.
1: Well, my younger brother was born here, he was, so we okay. came and met him for the first time in Canada. Okay. He was born oh, he was, born, he was born already? Yeah. And then yeah. when you came, you met him? We we oh, met wow. Him, David, okay. This is your baby brother. And So we met him, and we had to get used to him because it was always just me and my brother, me and my brother, and then we're introduced to another child. We're like, oh, now there's three of us. <laughs> <laughs> nice, so, nice, nice. It was good okay yeah. and
0: then you all went to the same school or
1: uh yes me and my well, the brother, younger one was probably a baby yeah so, he okay. was still a baby was, yeah. he was baby and mm. so me and my brother that was in jamaica we went to the same school different grades but okay. we traveled together mm. you know and did that help together. like
0: when you came here because you know like you said your language you didn't fully have it down and everything so it, it did it help having a, at least your yeah, brother with you to be
1: with me and just to experience it and talk to each other mm. and If he was in a class and the teacher was having a little bit of trouble with him, they would come to get me and Mm. I would go and console him. He had a a harder time uh, adapting than I did. Okay. So, yeah, it was good to be in the same school. So if anything happened, if he needed me, I was there to help him. Oh, nice, nice, nice.
0: So it sounds like you've been helpful from from young. From young. And would you say (laughs) even when you guys were back home, you were kind of like, that big sister, but also kind of like a second, second mother kind of vibe, right?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, anywhere he went, I was always with him and I had to just always look out for him. So I yeah. think I had, had that. Yeah.
0: Because your parents are there. The so you had, you just had took to on that, that responsibility, right? Exactly. Okay, yeah. cool. So, you know, when you, so let's, we're, we're still going on. We have to go through yeah. the journey. I don't want to miss <laughs> no steps, you know? And the reason why is because here, in wealth talk, you know, the journey is so important, Okay. right? You know, like a lot of people, could be at that certain point. Like there could be mm-hmm. someone that's listening or watching where they just came to Canada, right? And you know, they need to hear yeah. that. Okay, maybe their language mm-hmm. is, is not fitting, you know? So they yes, say, okay, yes. someone else experienced Experience that, that, right? Okay, so, yes. you know, so along, when you guys came, you guys are here, you're in school, mm-hmm. you guys are, 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 I guess, growing into the culture. culture. Yeah. Um, today, you said the snow was the culture shift, but was there yeah. anything else that, you know, stood out to you from young that still stays in your memory?
1: Um, the food was a little different as well. Um, I remember the first time we had McDonald's, okay. uh, we both threw up. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess the stuff didn't really agree with us. Mayonnaise. I've never had mayonnaise. Mm. I, I remember I ordered the McChicken sandwich. Okay. I had <laughs>
0: and when that's what you I, threw up on. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Cause in, in Jamaica, it's a lot of natural Yeah, Natural scent. food. Yeah, we don't yep. have
1: no fries like that. Mm. Well, I never experienced that mm. growing up, um, in Jamaica. So, that was a shock for us. Was the food? It didn't sit too well with us. So mm-hmm. my family, my mom, just continued to make the stuff that we grew up on yeah. at, at home until our body adjusted and we started to get into the fast food and the the pizza, okay. the lasagna, the spaghetti, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Okay, nice. Yeah. nice. <laughs> so
0: uh, when when you guys came here, like, were your parents already uh, established in terms of like employment? Like, mm-hmm. did they already have their work? Like, yeah. what what did they do to like in terms of work-wise? work wise?
1: Uh, my dad had it o- his own company. He mm. does heat and air condition, so he was already doing that. Okay. Um, I believe at the time he was working with a company, so okay. it was still his field. Yeah, and what? my mom was working at, I believe it was a hotel or a fast... Not sure. Okay. They both were employed. Nice. Yes. Nice, nice, nice.
0: So mm-hmm. you seen them pretty much you know, uh, go from your dad. You said he has a company yes, now. Yes. You know, correct. so he he built his way he up. He built his way yeah, up. Yeah. 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 He that's the, from, that's the Canadian dream, right? Yeah. And then your mother as well. She started to support right. him, yeah. and then and then you came up from there as well. Exactly. Right. And then what 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 happened from there? Like, so they're there. They're supporting you. You mm-hmm. and your brother are there. You have your younger brother. You yeah. know, that's growing up you know and like what about school was there anything in mm-hmm. school that you know anything that you came in school that really stood out to you in terms of um like i guess canada because right away you started school right away i think yeah. right because you were already we, of age exactly right we
1: started right away uh school was different we're in middle school i believe i was in grade five and my brother was in grade four mm-hmm. um what i noticed was um they would do the singing of the National Anthem, and we had to stand up for that every morning. Mm. Um, They also had this music that would play as a warm-up. You had to do the morning exercise. Ah. And I don't know, that song just always playing in my head. Oh, okay. so that was different because they wanted to wake you up. Mm-hmm. So that was different for school because me and my brother, we didn't do this in Jamaica. What's yeah. going on here? Uh-huh. So seeing them always doing the national anthem, they were very strict with that. You really have to stand at attention. Mm. We did that back home, but over here I found it very, like, if you're sitting, they found it disrespectful. Just, yeah, 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 And what about and your classmates?
0: Like, did, did, were you embraced right away?
1: Uh, No. Okay, uh, let's we get were, into that. <laughs> We were viewed as different. Mm. We still didn't speak correct English. Mm -hmm. Um, So I believe my brother was placed into ESL. Okay. Um, That's English as second language. English as second language. And so just to help him grasp some of the things because he was really having a hard time Mm -hmm. Um, for myself. um, I was okay, but my grades weren't that good. I remember parent-teacher meetings. They would always say, you know, Simone is here, but she should be here mm. she's here but she's making the effort yeah so school for us was a little bit of a, of a struggle
0: okay yeah and, but the classmates were welcoming or just
1: uh, at first I, I found I was a little bit of a loner um, okay. I just couldn't connect mm. with anyone I, I think they looked at us as weird just how we spoke and mm-hmm. they would always laugh when I talked yeah. so we just it's interesting because um
0: I, I, I just had a wealth talk. Conversation and mm. um, the person I was interviewing, Kathy, she said the exact same thing, yeah. and she came from Scotland. Oh. So it wasn't so just Divin- imagine. That yeah, accent. you get what I'm saying. <laughs> so it's like different countries, different but countries. you come here and then you yeah. have that that language. So yeah. your parents weren't like they, they wanted to change, get the English going, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: That and I know it's like important. even with even with um, my parents, that was a big deal for them because yeah. even them they couldn't. They couldn't speak English, but with us, yeah. um, you know, tree is our, our, our native tone, okay, right? Okay. But they more wanted us to speak English. English. They didn't yeah. want us to speak. speak tree. So language. even now, like okay. tree, I'm not the greatest. At yeah, because
1: now it's like probably faded for you. Eh? You're yeah. probably like,
0: oh, boy. Yeah, exactly. And, and at the same time, they wanted me to be accepted. They yeah. wanted me and my brothers to be accepted because yeah. they okay. wanted to be accepted. accepted. Right. Okay. Um, around what time was it that um, like what year was it that your parents came?
1: Uh, they came in the '80s. '80s, um, probably early
0: '80s or so, or mid '80s. Mid '80s. Okay, and then you yeah. guys came around what? In the '90s. '90s, yeah. early '90s. Early in, '90s. Early yeah. '90s. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah, and you know, like the reason why I'm asking that is because you know, like even me um, growing up, I would say I have a, I have many Jamaican friends. Like mm-hmm. even when I speak to people, they think I'm Jamaican because <laughs> you know, like all really? my friends and we talk and yeah, you know, yeah, I yeah. have I guess I I sound Jama- Jamaican because yeah, yeah. you know we're all we're all one people, right? And you know. That helped me actually um, get you know like settled in, in the in the city yeah. because at first there wasn't many Ghanaians, mm. you know, um, so Jamaicans, I felt I felt welcomed. welcome, you know, yeah, I that felt that welcomed, welcome, diverse, you know, with, yeah. with the Jamaican community, right? But I know that that was the one barrier and challenge from a lot of people who came into the country mm-hmm. is the English language and making sure you have the you English have language, language down. down. Right? Mm-hmm. So from there, you know, you graduate. You know, and we're going, we're going through a story because I know you're an entrepreneur. I know you have the fashion line, so I want to get yeah. there, but you know, we're, but right now we're just, I want to see, it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we want to, we want to see how we got to that point. Like, were you always like a creative?
1: I started, uh, developing styles at 14. Oh, wow. So, yeah. When I got to age 14, I started to sketch, um. Uh, my parents would buy the clothes for me, and I, I didn't really like some of the stuff they bought. I started to, like, cut them up and change them. Got into a lot of trouble for doing that because they're like, you don't know how we're purchasing these yeah. stuff. Can't just be cutting up clothes. <laughs> and But I just, uh, you know, thrived doing that stuff. So mm-hmm. I started to sketch, started to, you know, change some of the garments that they brought me. And I started to develop a love for fashion at around the age of 14.
0: Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice, nice. So what was the first thing that you made?
1: The first thing I made was a skirt, okay. uh, my aunt sews, and so she she saw that I loved it, so she was like she got me a pattern and she just said, "Make a skirt." She showed me how to do it the basics on like a regular um, domestic machine and okay. so that was the first thing, but and I liked it. I was like, "This is so cool. Yeah, just to yeah. be able to make something and be able to wear it and nice. so I wanted to learn more about it and they, you know I had to then study and get the credits to get into fashion school to Okay. So I think that's
0: where you went, that's that's the next step you meet, right? Is that was that from high school or was
1: uh, or after high
0: school and when did you start the fashion school? Well,
1: in high school they offered some fashion courses, so Mm. I took a few there. Um but to get more serious in it with the sewing, the Mm -hmm. construction, I then went on to college. Okay. Uh for that like a private college that focus only on making clothes okay so that really helped me my parents saw that i was good at it they saw that i loved it and mm-hmm. they invested and said all right we're sending you to school to do that oh nice nice yeah.
0: now i want you to talk about that though like mm. you know how how important was that that your parents supported you
1: oh man that was really important because they had other dreams for me they mm. were like be a lawyer or a doctor yeah. those big things yeah. and they just scared me those things i was like i I thought I couldn't do that. I was like, no, that takes a lot of brains and a lot of. I can't. (laughs) (laughs) I I thought really I wasn't up to doing that stuff. And, you know, they really had to think about it. They're like, so you're going to do this as a Mm living? What's the end goal? Mm -hmm. So I I just say it said, you know, I will be able to do something from this, have a store one day, maybe have customers one on one. Had Mm -hmm. to let them see that there is something in this. So they saw it and they're like, all right. Give it a go. <laughs> nice, nice.
0: No, that's that's amazing yeah. because I know so many uh, people that have dreams and you know the, their dreams are, are shattered, shattered just by their, well. the people that they love. Yeah, and it's it not so that close. the parents you know are discouraging you; it's just that they want the best, best for you,
1: for them. right? Yeah.
0: And and in your case, you know, it's 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 so good that they encourage you to do that because I seen your your clothing. My stuff. I
1: know we did a show together Exa- one time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, 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 for sure. And and you know, with that show, you know. I got to see the different styles but not only that though yeah. i also got to see your ambition yeah where did you get you. that from
1: uh both my parents uh so much more i guess everybody says my dad because he has his own company and he likes to be his own boss mm-hmm. not report to anybody mm-hmm. and i, I kind of like that as well and so i wanted to do a own line do my own line mm-hmm. and just you know branch off in that direction as opposed to working for a fashion company yeah so I think that that I got that from him just to watch how he operates. Although it's eating and hair condition and fashion, but just the operation and yeah. how to get into it, the operational view is mm-hmm. the same.
0: And and, and so getting up that. and going and working yeah. on your own, it, it's not an easy thing it's to do not because. At all. When you're working for someone, you have a time that you, you have gotta have be a there. Time that you gotta but when be you're working there. on your own time, you decide that time. You're the boss, right? Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. And it feels good. I, I it, agree with it's you for not sure. It felt good, yeah. yeah.
1: So I was able to do that for a little bit, just uh, build my clientele, mm-hmm. do a portfolio, meet with clients, give them what they want. Especially like wedding dresses, prom dresses. Nice. I, I really thrive on doing those one-off pieces. Yeah. So that really uh, motivated me to keep going. Yeah.
0: So you're yeah. still doing that now, right?
1: Yes, I'm still doing that right now. So more one-on-one clients. So people okay. would call me and say, "Hey, I have this event coming up. Hey, I have this coming up, and I make outfits accordingly to what they to need. what they're,
0: they're asking for." Yeah, 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 yeah. That's nice. That's nice. You know, and um, you know, the, with the showcase, you know that that we had, and that's where we actually yeah. got to grow our relationship. Yeah. You know, I um, that. and you know, the different. Uh, patterns and uh, the things that you have it's yes. not something that anybody see like it's not you out know, there
1: i try not to do that uh i do one-off pieces so when people wear the garments people look Mm. and they ask like hey that's a nice skirt that's a nice dress where'd you get that those yeah. are the things that mm-hmm. make you stand out okay you know, nice, one-off nice, pieces. Nice. so when you're
0: making it that's what's that's in your what mind That's okay yeah. nice, I'm nice like this nice. gotta
1: be different sometimes i sketch something and by the time i'm sewing it it's totally different from the sketch because oh, something wow. new comes to me okay and i'm like okay no straps okay make the straps this way and then it's totally different so i'm constantly changing my designs oh nice time.
0: okay okay yeah. that's that's amazing so from the fashion line mm-hmm. you know um after that what i know you is at what you're known mainly for now as as you yeah. said a mental, mental health advocate, advocate. Yeah. you know so let's get into that You right i want to mm-hmm. get into you know why this is so important to you you know yeah, that... what started this you know and you know when did you first realize that you know this is so- something um that was that you had, yeah, that had. right yeah. and who who else had it or whatever and why do you feel that it's so important to speak about because from when you were talking about it it wasn't so mainstream but now Now. it's everyone's starting to be like become aware right so what was it that made you start with this journey
1: well uh being a mental health advocate i personally went through it i from the fashion business it wasn't booming as much it's not consistent so i decided to go Work, work for a company. Mm -hmm. And uh, working on a job for five years, I then became the victim of workplace harassment and bullying. People are like, that doesn't exist. They only hear of like school bullying, Mm -hmm. kids bullying, but it happens in the workplace. Oh, yeah. And so that's what did it for me. Um,
0: Can you just go a little more in detail in terms of... Sure, what it is. What happened? What happened, yeah.
1: uh, What happened with workplace harassment and bullying is the... Supervisor or the manager that mm. I had at the time would nitpick all my work, mm. single me out, mm. uh, verbal abuse mm. in like uh, areas like this where you're one-on-one, yeah. and the coaching sessions would not be coaching; it would be very belittling, belittling. degrading. Mm. Um, mm. That went on for two to three years, and it was my first like real good, proper job, mm-hmm. you know. And I just felt like that's how it was supposed to be. I so never you didn't thought, say anything about I didn't it? say anything. Um, I was like, this is how it is. Okay. You know, but it, it started to take a toll on my health, and it, um, I started to show signs of anxiety, um, depression, and I started to speak to my coworkers and ask them, are you also experiencing this? Does the manager treat you like this? And they were, like, looking at me like, no, what the heck? Oh, wow. <laughs> and so I realized, yeah, this is not right, mm-hmm. so... Went to see my family doctor and just explained what was going on and they're like, what you're experiencing is workplace harassment and bullying mm-hmm. and you have anxiety and depression. So right away, that one visit, so much that he just hit me with, I was mm-hmm. like, oh, mm-hmm. what are you talking about? Yeah. And just to hear the words depression and anxiety, I was like, no, oh, yes. yeah. <laughs> that's not it, come no. on. He's just like, yes, it is. Mm-hmm. And So I was diagnosed right then and there and he advised me to Take some time off work or switch departments to get away from the behavior mm. that was being inflicted on me but i didn't listen okay i was like doctor doesn't know what he's talking about yeah. and i continued to work and i should have listened so if anybody's so going that to that continued that, I that think. continued and okay. you got to listen to your doctor and know your body because i i inside of me i knew he was right but my background just wouldn't allow me to accept that as a diagnosis
0: Sorry about that, continue.
1: Yeah, so having him say that I had anxiety and depression, I wouldn't accept that diagnosis. I started to think, how do I tell my parents that I have anxiety and depression? Mm Because the background of Jamaicans, we don't get that. Mm -hmm. That's not something we get. Automatically, Mm -hmm. you know, I just felt the stigma Mm -hmm. with that. So I said, nothing, the doctor didn't know. So I continued to work. And um, my last encounter at that, toxic environment, October 6, 2009. I'll never forget that date. Mm. Uh, anyways, my last encounter with the manager, mm-hmm. um, it was very, very bad. It. They said some things that I... You can't really say those stuff to employees. Mm-hmm. You, you you, don't talk to people like that. And I just broke down crying, and I in said to of, them in front, in front, of, front of, of the manager, okay. and I was like, what is going on here? Right. And I. they just laughed. They just looked at me like... They didn't have no empathy or no compassion. If somebody's broken down like that, explain yourself. Yeah. Explain why this has happened. Why mm. are you treating them that way? But they didn't. They just said, you're having a hard day. Leave and go home. So I was told to leave early. I had the rest of the day off. Um, driving home that day, everything just replayed in my mind, the whole conversation that built up to this and I just felt I'm such a failure, they're right I am stupid, I am dumb, I can't work I can't do this, Mm -hmm. everything they said I just kept it on, I took it on Mm -hmm. and I was just driving and you just hear it, you see this in movies sometimes, you know, you just hear those thoughts and I was just driving, driving I wasn't paying attention to anything, just driving and I got to a red light and I remember I was crying so hard and I just stepped on the gas and I just drove into the middle of the busy intersection and i just stopped the car <laughs> hold on a second <laughs> oncoming traffic <laughs> oncoming traffic wow i just decided then and there i was like yeah, failure, so what was your, sorry your, what you
0: know? when you did that what was your reason for doing that did you want someone to yeah.
1: hit you? Mm-hmm. my wow. goal was to end my life i was wow. like i don't care i should just end my life this is it do it this way It just happened so fast, like, Mm -hmm. and I was in the road, and it just stopped, and I remember cars were like, like, I don't know, I've never seen something like that where nobody hit me. I was like, nobody would hit me, and then this guy stopped his car, and he came, and he knocked on my window, and he goes, what's going on? Are you crazy? What are you doing? And I just Mm. sat there, and I realized, it's like I came back to self, and I looked around, like, Gosh, I'm in the middle of the road. Wow. And I just broke down crying, and he said, "Can I call somebody for you? Police are gonna come, ambulance." Because people were just looking at me like, "What's wrong with this girl in the middle of the road?" She <laughs> just parked there. Just parked the car. I'm like, somebody must hit me. Like, oh my the more God. I think about it, but now I sometimes I laugh about it, but mm. because I just can't understand how I wasn't hit. Yeah. You know, yeah, purpose. I, I, I wasn't hit. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That was my first attempt. Mm -hmm. My first attempt. Mm -hmm. And eventually, my parents were called. My mom came. Everybody came. And I was brought to the doctor the next day, same doctor who diagnosed me. And when I told him what happened, he's like, yeah, saw this coming. I told you to take some time off work or to switch departments. And you snapped. What you had was what we called you you snapped. I was avoiding, trying to avoid Mm you getting to that point listen he saw that what was coming okay
0: that and your parents question. didn't know because you said he didn't sure yeah. so parents. now they found out yeah
1: because they came up to the doctor and when mm-hmm. he was telling me stuff he's just like he was looking at them like oh don't know well now you told them so yeah <laughs> now they know okay and obviously they took by it by
0: serious them. because of the incident yeah. that happened right indeed, if you maybe indeed. if you told them before they probably would have said oh what are you talking about exactly right? go to work yeah, 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 make yeah. the
1: money don't yeah. be soft mm. So I never said anything, but right away, my mom, uh, she was a nurse at that time. Mm-hmm. She was seeing some of the symptoms and she took it seriously. My dad didn't understand it. He had to, it had to be explained to him many times, what is depression? What made me do that? Because mm-hmm. he couldn't understand how somebody would want to end their life. Yeah. So it took him a while to get it. Um, but that was my first step. And okay. since then, you So know. then what
0: happened? from there like let's let's go so that happened you got yeah. diagnosed what happened next
1: I was off work right okay. away the doctors like you're not fit to work
0: mm-hmm. can't work mm-hmm. so
1: right away I was on I guess at that time it was long term disability mm-hmm. so that just put me more into my depression and my anxiety because now I'm not working mm-hmm. now I'm just sitting here mm-hmm. now I'm on suicidal watch mm-hmm. I can't focus I can't do anything with my life mm-hmm. you know I was to see a therapist, which I was, uh, meds, but nothing was consistent. Mm -hmm. And I was just going down, 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 down. So that led to a few other attempts, Mm -hmm. again, unsuccessful. I'm here. (laughs) Yeah, thank God. You know, and, and so it got to the point where my last attempt, my mom just had it with me. She came to my room and she goes, have you ever thought of what life would be like without you in the picture? And it was kind of like, I looked at her like, huh? I never thought of that. You know? And she's like, she was crying. She was so emotional because she she just couldn't understand why I kept trying to hurt myself. Mm -hmm. And she was like, have you ever thought of what pain you would leave the family? Mm -hmm. funeral, this. And she just went on. And people were going to wonder, what was going on in that family? Why did Mm -hmm. this girl have to do this? And Mm -hmm. I said, no, I never thought of that as you're my only daughter, I have three kids, you're the only girl, think of us, if you're going to try and heal and get better, do it for us if you don't want to do it for you, but Mm. do it for us, and it just turned something inside of me, Mm. and from that day, I said, all right, give it a try, so I was consistent with meds, consistent with doctor's appointments, tried to, you know leave the darkness and go to the light yeah. and I felt others were out there just like me and you know it then led to where I am and fast forward a little but that no that's me... not fast
0: forward <laughs> we have to go we have to go we have because you're the advocate you're the <laughs> yeah, advocate you that, know but so that's we, yeah, what it yeah, it, yeah for it, sure we got it trouble, you know? so that turned that, that turned, turned something in you turned so, turned so you're like you know me. so I think you probably meant, you know that's true you know did you see yourself after that as you were being selfish in a way I, that's
1: what she said to me mm-hmm. and I was
0: You are listening to the Wealth Talk Podcast, hosted by Richard Adocassi from Create Wealth Network. The Wealth Talk Podcast is expanding on the principles that are within the map book, the mind assistance program, particularly the Focus 11, which are 11 aspects that we focus on in life to create wealth. These aspects include mental, spiritual, physical, relationships, financial, yourself, contribution, new, business, learn, discipline. We will feature guests that specialize in these aspects to expand your awareness and consciousness on creating wealth. Thank you and enjoy the show.
1: It's like, I, I don't think it's selfish because sometimes people who are diagnosed with you know, anxiety and depression, there's a pain inside that they just want to end. Mm. They just want to numb that pain it, it's hard to explain. It's almost like a scratch. And you have to touch it. It's, it's hard yeah, not yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. And it, it's not selfish. You think of that, that release. Mm. A lot of people always ask, how do you get to that point to think end my life? It, yeah. It's anything to end that pain. You know, like alcoholics, I need a beer. Yeah. You need that, that thing, that release. And mm-hmm. so that was my release. Mm. End this suffering by taking that avenue. So I said to her, no, I'm not being selfish. And she was like, she said I was. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people get that. Those who have been diagnosed mm-hmm. and been through suicidal ideals, they are told that they're being selfish. But mm-hmm. if you don't understand what leads them there, you can't say that. Mm-hmm.
0: You can't say so
1: that. So what is it? it it's as I said. It, it's that you get to an all-time low where you, you don't feel worthy of this life. Mm-hmm. You don't feel that you really belong here mm. and it's best to exit and leave you know take yourself out of yeah that. so
0: do you think if if your manager was more you know encouraging to you mm. and you know um, more uplifting do you do you feel that you would have the same thing because it seems like like he was was it he or she i don't know well, i can't say okay that. that's fine but anyways would it do you do you feel that they kind of broke you down oh
1: it definitely broke me it's like a, a hammer on mm. that nail every day just mm-hmm. imagine going through that mm-hmm. you know like some
0: days you didn't want to go oh but you still went st- and then yeah. you get broken down more and then broken down more, mm.
1: so and, like, more you know, and more, more and I, more
0: i get what you're saying you know yeah. and then and then I thank god for your mom to have that conversation yeah. with you and then it turned things it around turned things. so then when you turn things around were you like okay there's other people mm-hmm. that are probably feeling the same, same way same way yeah and is that what got you to start writing your book
1: yeah because while i was going through my depression i kept a journal so i wrote a lot of poetry mm. i wrote how i was feeling um, as a way to release another way to find an outlet so definitely and i would bring my poems to my therapist appointment mm. they would read them ask me to read them it was a way to get to my healing, get through my healing. Nice. So eventually my therapist said, you know, these poems are quite good. And I was like, what are you talking about? These are dark, sad poems. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: And they're like, no, these are really good. From you first came, they were dark, but as we're getting closer to the mm. end of your session, There's light, there's stored progress, you should consider publishing. I thought they were joking. I was like, why would you say that I should consider publishing? And they said, no, seriously, people need to see this, what it looks like, how it grows, how it gets better. Mm -hmm. And so I took their advice, put a little manuscript together, sent it to 15 publishers, and out of the 15, one picked it up. One said yes. Sometimes you just need that one. You need that one. Just one. And... um, they said they wanted to publish the book because it was so raw, and they mm-hmm. couldn't believe I was willing to put myself out there like yeah. that, and they had somebody in your family who also experienced it, and okay. she hasn't seen something like this on the market, so from there, birthed my book, Poetic Diary of a Bleeding Heart.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's available out. everywhere as well. Yeah, Amazon,
1: yeah. your local bookstores. Yes. Um, it's been doing really, really good. Mm-hmm. Been and good I noticed,
0: along with the book, you also... Have um uh, like a year at the like annual events and yes. do many things to spread that spread word, words. right?
1: Yes, through my charity. So from mm. the book, I then decided to what can I do for others? Mm-hmm. Register my charity, Essence of Mine Outreach Program, um to help families and individuals. Because while I was going through it, I was on waiting list for like six months to see a mm. psychotherapist, to see a psychologist, and I was like, by the time you see them. You're worse than you were, or you don't make it. Yeah, you know. And yeah. so I was like, no, this is ridiculous. So through my charity, we help to connect you faster. Mm-hmm. We do seminars, we educate family, we have that conversation, that dialogue, the fundraising gala, as you mentioned. Mm-hmm. We try to just have the conversation going, especially in the black community, mm-hmm. because I saw how my family reacted, and so I didn't want others to go through that. And so. That's what my charity does.
0: Okay, yeah. nice, nice. So, you know from when you had this book, I mm-hmm. want you to talk about, you know, like others. I'm, I'm sure, probably, other people have came to you yes. and said that, you know, this story touched them. Maybe they were in a uh, similar, similar situation or definitely. something like that. You know, go go into that. Like, have you been approached by people? Like, I've,
1: yeah. Especially when I'm invited to a workplace mm-hmm. um, to talk. After a talk, I'm always pulled to the side and people are Mm -hmm. crying or being like, I'm going through that right now. (laughs) Right now, I have a manager who's just like that manager you described. What should I do? What do you suggest? Mm -hmm. And I uh, give them suggestions and what to do and things like that. But the fact that they know that they're not alone, they're like, oh, it does exist. Mm -hmm. You went through it, so okay, it's a thing. It exists, you know, and it makes them feel better to know that I went through it and I'm still here. Mm. So they take those little tips and suggestions to, you know, have that conversation with their manager and try to maybe see the doctor and notice those signs of depression and anxiety. Don't ignore them. So I've been approached quite a few times. Yeah, and Um, it's interesting
0: that you said that the people who approach you, mm -hmm. it's after they pull you to the side. So why, why is it that people... It seems like people keep it to themselves, keep and the only themselves. reason why they open up to you is because
1: yeah, I've now yeah, shared you're, exactly. It, yeah.
0: So why why do you think this is?
1: Well, as I mentioned, workplace bullying is something hard to prove. It's yeah. a professional environment; it's it's really hard to prove. You mm-hmm. can't just say, "Oh, my manager called me stupid." Mm-hmm. You can, anybody can say that. You have to have proof. Mm. These are words. Mm-hmm. Did anybody hear them? Did anybody see? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, and also because it's a work environment, they don't want to be viewed as weak or okay. possibly termination. Yeah, losing their job. Losing You're their job. Losing it. Okay. It's not like a school where you can go to the principal's office and mm. suspension. But they have HR though, right? Yes. HR intervenes and investigates these matters. Because mm. eventually my matter was investigated. Okay. Um, because of how big it got. But... Mm-hmm people are scared this is their bread and butter and another reason why I didn't listen to the doctor I was like I can't stop working Working. I need money (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so I believe it's that fear of of, you know losing something good that they have and being viewed as different or weak
0: Mm -hmm. but now it's more you know more people are recognizing it yes you know and, and thanks to people like yourself you no, know, that's extended. actually getting the word out there and and having people feel comfortable and going out and sharing, sharing these things, yeah. right? And you actually, like you said, the fact that you're still here, yes. right? You know, so now it's a different perspective. So now, um, before maybe people had the mental health issues and then they will end their life, yeah. But now people will have this situation and say, if they meet someone like yourself, mm-hmm. then they'd be like, okay. How do I get from, get from here there. to there to yeah. to the end? So how do you do that? How do you help them get? from that point, that dark point, dark point to of the, light. <laughs> the light, exactly.
1: Yeah, I think um, just being an inspiration, if I can touch one person, mm-hmm. um, I remember I spoke at the school. This really stuck with me. After I had a talk about my story, this young girl took me to the side and told me last night she thought of committing suicide and she was on sex and there's a reason why she's here today to hear me. She didn't know there was a special guest speaker and just to hear that, it, she said it blew her mind to know that she had an attempt, she wasn't successful, but to come the next day to hear me talk, she just broke down crying and said, you know, this is just so mind blowing. And it really encouraged her to, to not go back to that, that dark place. Mm. The tips that I shared with her, suggestions that I shared with her, she just realized that she has purpose. And sometimes people just need to see somebody that's on that same path as mm-hmm. them. Like if they can fly, I can fly too, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and so mm-hmm. those are some of the things I try to leave with my listeners or anywhere that I mm-hmm. go. Is that it's not easy. It's not because mm-hmm. people look at me like, oh, you're good now, right? Yeah. You're nice. No, no I care.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> I'm just in a place where I control the illness. It, mm-hmm. it doesn't control me. Before it was controlling, controlling me, yeah. but now I've like when you pin somebody on the floor, you switch and now you're on top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what now I. Now you're mean. in control. Like, so when I'm you recognize, you're like, oh no,
0: hold yeah, on. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 you yeah. have to know
1: the signs. Like, nope, mm-hmm. not today. Because some mornings I'm in bed and I don't want to get out of bed, but I think of, you know, how great life is mm-hmm. and I am alive. And mm-hmm. positive affirmations mm-hmm. motivate me to go out there and, and just to, you know, speak to somebody or do something positive. So nice. it's a daily progress. That's good. That's good. Like
0: even, um, so the lady you said, you gave her tips and you gave her suggestions. Can we go over some of those? Like if there's listeners or viewers, like what are the tips? What are Um, the suggestions?
1: What I suggested to her was daily affirmations, which is something in my book. I have two pages full of daily affirmations where you say like, life is wonderful, or mm-hmm. I'm blessed to be alive. Mm-hmm. Just look into your eyes and just speak life into yourself. Because I had to do that after the tormentor, that's mm-hmm. what I call the manager, mm-hmm. wrote me down. I had to like build Simone back up, mm-hmm. take away those things that they said, like you're worthless. Mm-hmm. No, you're valuable, you're loved. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to like pour all those things in yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, Have a a buddy that you can always rely on or text. People know me know that I love to laugh. I have friends that always send me little funny videos or funny jokes and stuff like that. Um, My youth pastor at my church at the time would always check in with me. And sometimes if they didn't hear from me, they would call. So Mm. always have somebody send you a message to check on you Mm -hmm. just to make sure you don't, you know, wander off or get into that dark place. Mm -hmm. Um, volunteer. I found I was always in the darkness. I was always at home, so I tried to come out and Mm. volunteer in the community, at the hospital. I find when you're around other people, it does something to your mood, uplifts your spirit, just to be engaging with others. Those are the things um, I suggested, and just keeping a a little journal, just to write down some of your thoughts, Mm -hmm. things that you want to do, things of how you felt, and just... Leave it in that book. It's almost like you're flushing your system. Mm -hmm. So those are some of the things I suggested to her. And also gave her some online uh, websites, therapists to call, because she needed more than what I was giving her. Yeah, because she was almost
0: at that point. She was
1: very at that point. Uh So, Uh yeah. I also made it a duty to follow up with that school on her just to see if she was still active, and she still is. Because it really scared me. And sometimes when you know somebody bringing harm because she's a student. I yeah. had to you know, try and let the school kind of keep an eye on, on okay. that one in a way where it didn't breach her privacy because mm-hmm. she was confined in
0: me. And were her parents aware or was she doing the same thing where she was kind of like yeah, not her telling, telling her parents? No. She didn't, she tell, didn't her parents, tell her parents. Huh? Huh? OK. So I
1: believe she told the guidance counselor at the school, but mm-hmm. not her, her family because mm-hmm. she says her background is similar to mine and the, they don't believe in those
0: things. Yeah. So. See, yeah. see the, and, that, and that and that could be dangerous in a way because you know it's like the, the fact that they don't believe in it, but yeah. you need, like you said, they need someone to talk they need to, somebody to talk right? To. And the and the best people is always your family, always. right? That's the first and point, yeah, yeah, right. And mm-hmm. and and you know, in that case, it's good that you're being that extended hand. You know, like you you reach out to these people and you know and they give them, I guess, extra encouragement and let them know that yeah, they're valuable, they're right? Valuable
1: need to hear that sometimes they just need to hear that i find that just a a kind word Mm -hmm. because i my thing is the tongue is a small thing but what enormous damage it can do Mm -hmm. you know or you speak in life Mm -hmm. or death and look at my situation my dad just said so it was just words this manager just got you with words Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. no Mm -hmm.
1: people look at it like it's just words but words have power words have power for sure for
0: sure they could definitely know uh, steer someone the wrong way if it's if because the words transfer into you mm-hmm. and if it doesn't resonate with you exactly you're gonna yeah you're gonna you steer, feel a, certain, a way, certain way right and 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 it's surprising because like even yourself mm-hmm. like even from what I know you always see you smiling you always see things. so you I would have, have no mind. idea right <laughs> so there could, there's even people out there probably smiling happy but yeah. nobody has nobody, any nobody idea and insight, you know, I guess because is you keep it to yourself. You keep it is that yourself.
1: what it? And, and presentation, because a mental illness, you can't see it. It's not like a broken mm. arm. You're wearing a cast. We're like, hey, what happened to your arm? You see it right away. But with a mental illness, you don't see it. I look at it as the silent killer, the invisible illness. Mm. You can't see it. So when people read my book when it came out, people came up to me like, I had no idea you went through this. I'm Ooh. your friend. You didn't yeah. even tell me. Yeah. A lot of people didn't know. They were like, you go to church, you dress so nice, yeah. you're always smiling. Mm-hmm. Nobody would think this. Yeah. And so I got a lot of people wanting to talk about it after that because they're like, You did that well, girl. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how you did it, but <laughs> even what you're saying, you yeah. know? But there's something inside of you that you have to present a certain way. Because for example, look at the celebrities like Robin Williams. Mm-hmm. Limited suicide. And everybody's like, he had money, was always happy, he's a funny man. You don't know what's on Mm -hmm. the inside. And that's what makes it so hard. So always be kind to people. Always check on that strong friend, because maybe they're not so strong, but they're presenting Mm. strong. So there's a lot of things that you have to look for. And I try to let others, you know, start that conversation, because it's very, very important.
0: Mm. Very important. Mm -hmm. Because, like, I think everybody kind of has a moment where, you know, they, they kind of want to do themselves harm. Like, yeah. you know, even if it's just a, a, a quick thought, like it's, I think it happens to everybody, right? And I think one of the reasons why that is is so that we can really get a clear perspective on our lives, you know? Because if you're, if you, if you're considering ending it, right, then when you really think about it, like, okay,
1: why am I here? Why am have I you, here? Have, have you had? And you oh had, yes, okay. I had those conversations. Mm. I said that was my final attempt. Was I broke down and I said, "Okay, God, if I'm gonna be here, you got to show me why am I here? Mm. Why do you keep saving me? What mm. am I supposed to be doing with my life? Like yeah. it was bad. You have to wonder why am I here? Mm. You know, and and so." It was just to do that. It's like he just said, "You're gonna speak to people. Your people need to hear your testimony and mm-hmm. see the things that you know I brought you through." And so, I just had to start to go in that positive direction of building myself up. Yeah. you know, sometimes you have to to break to get to that point where you're mm-hmm. like, "I'm good." Yeah. And he had to break me because I was broken. I was I was pretty broken. Wow. So. Well, come to that point where you're like, why am I here? What's my yeah. purpose in yeah. life, you yeah. know? Yeah. I'm still on that journey. Um, whoever I speak to, whoever I can touch, mm-hmm. I, I think it makes a difference for if sure. I even just touch one person to say, because of you, I'm here, mm-hmm. and I'm so glad you share your story. So yeah. That does it for me. Yeah. So, the, yeah. so that,
0: And that's amazing, because you had to go through that to find to your find
1: purpose. To find my purpose. That, you know, sometimes effort. you look back like, couldn't it have happened a different way? Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did that, all of that have to happen? Yeah. You know, I start to look at it like maybe I wasn't supposed to work there because where I am now, I work for another company and mm. I'm like happy. My yeah. manager talks about mental health. Nice. The workplace has events where, you know, we have awareness and it's mm. like a whole different world. Mm. It's like I had to go through that to get here. It's almost like a map. You have to navigate through through things mm-hmm. to get here. And so I look at it like it had to happen that way. Yeah. Yeah, you know, definitely. Cause I'm not a speaker, I'm not a public speaker. People look at me, I'm very shy, I'm very, mm-hmm. you know, introverted. So, yeah. I never pictured myself going to schools and talking and yes. stuff like that. And these are things that I'm doing now that I'm like, "Oh my gosh, what's happening?" Yeah,
0: yeah. No, and, and, and to be honest, <laughs> you know? with Wealth Talk, that's a, another reason why yeah. I really had this platform because I feel everybody is so important yeah right and everyone has a story, story. Right, to be shared right and you know like your story you just sharing that right now uh, like i, I know mm-hmm. listeners and people are gonna are gonna hear it it's gonna touch them in a way because you know we all have value yes, to us we exactly. all have value we and definitely. you know if you don't know your value you don't oh, give it time mm-hmm. and you're talking we'll about the up. map and it just plug it quick plug in the yeah. map well, yeah. but that's what it's about right <laughs> it's about you know, just trying yeah, the journey, mm. you know, and understanding, okay, what do you really want out of life, exactly. right, and then going towards that, yes. right, and sometimes you don't know what you want,
1: exactly. right, I'll so
0: eventually, it's, so it's like a discovery,
1: it is and a discovery, because so yeah, yeah. Yeah. there's a lot of things I discovered about myself that I, I didn't know I had, like, you know, the public speaking, and mm. to be able to publish a book, and mm. to, you know, encourage other people, and little yeah. things like that, I was like, Really me. Yeah. So you you brings out something in you that you never knew you you had. had, It was there all along, but certain things had to pull it out. Yeah.
0: yeah. And you had you had to come out. You had to come that. You had to put yourself out there. You have to go do the speaking. Even though like you said, you're very shy, very shy. (laughs) But you have that purpose so regardless if you're shy or not it's it's not yeah it's not just only about you it's about everyone Everyone else else. you know the people that you're going to touch the people that you're going to reach so you know I commend you on that you know because I see you're very active and you have many different events and you're always offering yourself when I reached out to you right away you wanted to come and and talk more about this Mm -hmm. more about this so I see you have the passion in you. you you know so in terms of passion you know like what, how do you find your passion? Like, just for an, anybody that's you know, watching or listening, I would, like, how do you find your passion? You have to go through, obviously, you know, the lowest of lows, but like, let's yeah. say there's someone and it's not even related to mental health because I think everything's connected in a way, yeah, right? Yeah. But some people do have you know, something that maybe they don't realize or, mm-hmm. or something like that, but they, it, it, it becomes their passion. passion like, yeah, how do you find your it. passion?
1: Well, with passion, it's something that beams you up, that just brings you joy, mm-hmm. that you're, that just motivates you. And you're just like, I don't know, but I enjoy doing that. It makes you feel different. Like mm-hmm. with me with the sketching at, at 14, mm-hmm. I always did that. I just always enjoyed it at yeah. such a young age. Mm-hmm. You know, I mm-hmm. didn't play a lot with kids. I was always just drawn to that. Mm-hmm. And once you find your passion, it, you just realize that it's something you love to do, even if it's for free. I was like yeah. sewing stuff back then. Just for fun and giving it away to people. I didn't look at money. I was just looking at, like, how it made me feel Mm -hmm. and just seeing the smiling faces and how it contributed to others' lives. So finding that passion is anything that just beams you up and just makes you feel like, all right, I'm ready to do this, just Mm. motivates you and pumps you up and that end result, you know, just seeing that I actually made a difference in Mm -hmm. that person's life. Yeah, No, and I
0: like like that you said that you would even do it for free, right? Because most of the time... Um, when people are thinking about doing things, yeah. you know, they they, they want to feel okay. I I can't get paid for that, so that makes no that's sense. Made,
1: exactly, right? exactly. Right? So, so it. I,
0: exactly, you know. <laughs> but of, of course, because we need, we of we, first we need, need to make it. a living. Yeah. But what you said about the passion, um, you have to feel joy, joy right? It, and yeah. joy is, is more important than yeah actually definitely. passion. Would you mm-hmm. say right? Joy is more important. Definitely,
1: because that's you know affecting others. You can come in and. How you feel your joy just rubs off on other people. And so having that passion, if the joy is there, that factor of just making others happy, because I did a lot of things just for fun and just for free or whatever. I never looked at money or getting recognition. Even to publish a book, I was like, I'm not like a big name. Who's Mm going to know me? But just having people say, your book has really motivated me and changed me and stuff, that does it for me. You know mm. just hearing those words that really helps me a lot so
0: okay Definitely. okay all right Simone thank you so much you know for coming on to wealth talk thank you. and with wealth talk we wanna not we don't just want this to be the only one we want okay. you to come back you know share with us more stories you know more success stories more lives that you saved you know and and everything like that but you know, right now, if you can, just please share, you know, how do people get a hold of you? Like, okay. say, someone could be in the same situation they want, they need to talk to you, right? Or they want a message or something. So, how do we sure. get a hold of
1: you? Um, well, I'm on Facebook, as my name, Simone Walsh. Also Instagram, the same name. Um, you can also visit my website for our charity, which is myessenceofmind.org and you can email us that way as well. We have quite a few programs that can help you if you're looking for a therapist, if you're looking for a speaker, any events, mental health related, we can definitely help you with that. So those are my current outlets and also my book, Poetic Diarrhea from Bleeding Heart. You can find it at local chapters, Indigo and Amazon.
0: Okay. Okay. Before we wrap up, I want you to go more into charity. Why was it important that you started a
1: charity? Started a charity. Well, it was important to me because I wanted something in that community. I I did some research and just saw what was out there and I didn't feel they were quite helpful. Um, so I wanted something different. They, they weren't doing things that I wanted to see and that I felt I needed to help me on my healing, mm-hmm. like seminars or connecting me with a therapist that was uh, of color. Mm-hmm. You know, I wanted somebody who looked like me, who I could talk to, mm-hmm. and things like that, medication, education. Mm-hmm. Like, what are the meds that you're taking? What do they do? I, I wanted something different. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, let's register a charity and do things.
0: Mm-hmm. so it's from your experience it's from and what, my experience. when you went through you didn't have
1: any I didn't of these have any of these things so everything things. that
0: you're looking for that's what you're that's doing. that's what you're going to
1: get with my charity
0: okay okay exactly. okay okay, for yeah. sure so and people can um i guess donate to your charity yeah. yes
1: you can do that on our website myessenceofmind.org. there's a donate button um you know with what's happening right now we greatly appreciate your donation so mm-hmm. definitely whatever you can give we they
0: appreciate it. Yeah, because right now the COVID thing has just happened. Yeah. So a lot of people are it's actually lost space. their jobs mm. and, you know, they're, you know, they're, they're I guess they're in that, in that maybe bus. in that space by themselves, you know, trying to figure out what's exactly. next. So yeah. you're, you're a good out, great outlet for them to yes. actually reach out to and, and see to how to get to that next level.
1: Exactly. Okay. Definitely. Thank you guys so much. Thank you for having me. This was great. Okay. <laughs> no, I thank
0: you. I appreciate yeah. you, you know, and yes, poetic diary, diary of a bleeding heart. You know please look into this book and take mental health seriously i yeah. think that that that's what we we came right now like it's not just if someone's talking and saying words are, words are powerful you know words can hurt you know and there's a lot of other things so if someone's smiling it doesn't necessarily mean Maybe that they're okay. inside they're okay mm-hmm. you know like you shared a lot of things for people to really go out and and pay attention to so i think you know, we need to talk to each other more, you know, uh, and see how we can make other people more happy. Yeah,
1: Especially with the COVID right now, i have told that mental illness is on a rise mm. because we've been so isolated for so long. So definitely check on your loved ones, make that phone call. And now more than ever is that time to connect because, mm-hmm. you know, isolation can lead you into mental illness and depression. So definitely now is the time to take this seriously and to speak to those that you love. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mental
0: is a part of your wealth, Mm -hmm. your well-being, you know, and take it serious. And and if you're in a situation where you feel that you have that diagnosis, because even in your case, you didn't didn't believe it at first. I didn't
1: believe it. (laughs) Right.
0: So, you know, like now that, you know, you've expressed yourself, you know, hopefully, you know, it touches with other people and maybe they may come to that same realization. Yes. And hopefully they reach out to you.
1: Yeah. Reach out to me and also see your doctor when you have those symptoms body knows so listen to your body mm. you know your body well so when you notice something is not right check it out and act upon those things
0: okay yeah. thank you very much this is wild well talk an thank amazing you. episode thank you simone and again I, we will be here together again, again share more nice. stories with Look us forward all right
1: to it thank you again
0: all right god bless thank yes. you all right